This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It is a beautiful day to be together in this time of worship, and it's my joy to welcome you into this space together. Whether you are joining us online or here in person, it's good to be together in this hour of worship. I would invite each of you to take a moment to register your attendance. If you're here in the sanctuary, the registration pads should be on the row and making their way down. And if you're worshiping online, there should be a link you can place in the chat and register that way. There's an opportunity to let us know if you'd like to become a member of the church or if you'd like a pastor to reach out to you. So be sure and let us know any of those things. A few announcements as we gather. This morning is the last Sunday of our intergenerational Sunday school class. It's been a wonderful experience for so many. We will be meeting in McWhorter Hall downstairs. And um, next Sunday is the July 4th weekend, so we will only have one worship service at 10 a.m. There will not be Sunday school or children's church, but we'll gather together at 10 a.m. for worship on that day. And then in the month of July, we have Dr. Jen Quigley coming to lead our adults in a study of the New Testament in preparation as we get ready to dive into the New Testament earlier in the early fall. This weekend, uh, the Pride Festival is happening in Nashville, and I've already talked with some of you who were there at the West End booth yesterday uh, sharing God's love. I'll be there today at 3 p.m. to offer communion and uh, to offer thanks to God um, to share God's love with everyone at that festival. If you'd like to come, the West End booth will be toward the, further from the Capitol, I guess, on that end of the Bicentennial Mall. There are lots of announcements in the bulletin this morning of upcoming ministries and opportunities to grow and serve. I do want to highlight that registration is now open for the All Church Retreat. It's September 15th through 17th. And uh, there's a page on the website. You can find out more. It's at Bership of Springs Assembly, a wonderful opportunity to grow together in community uh, and faith together. This morning, in our journey through the Bible, we are landing in the wisdom writings where we hear the voices of wisdom coming to us from different generations. The voice of youth, the voice of middle age, the voice of the elder. And I invite you to open yourselves to how God might be speaking to us through these ancient voices of scripture. Let us worship together.
welcomes everyone without reservation or restrictions. We are beloved. The love of God surrounds us. The Lord heals our wounds with grace and mercy. We are forgiven. The grace of Christ redeems us. The Lord calls us to kindness and service. We are one. We respond to God by offering generous hospitality, acceptance, and love to everyone. And now let us join together today in our call to confession. Christ's love for us is unconditional and eternal, but we love others with reservations, demands, and selfishness. Christ's forgiveness is immediate and infinite, but we forgive with condemnation, reluctance, and resentment. We are self-righteous when we should be compassionate, self-important when we should be humble, self-centered when we should be generous. Lord, deliver us from our self-obsessions. Allow us to rediscover love and peace in the healing presence of your grace. And now, O oh God, we offer you our individual confessions in silence. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As a forgiven and reconciled people, let us exchange signs of reconciliation and love. For those of us in the sanctuary, you can pass peace however feels most comfortable with, for you. And for those of you that are joining us online, you can send a text or, or post something in the chat. The peace of Christ be with you. Please join in praying the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Song of Songs, chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. My beloved spoke to me and said to me, 
Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. From Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and abundant welfare they will give you. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh, and a refreshment for your body. Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verses 7 through 11. Go. Eat your bread with enjoyment, and drink your wine with a merry heart. For God has long ago approved what you do. Let your garments always be white. Do not let all be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love, all the days of your vain life that you are given under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in shoal to which you are going. Again I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to the skillful, but time and chance happen to all. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. love to spend a few minutes with the children. If you are here in the sanctuary and want to come join me up here, and if you're worshiping from home, just get a little closer to your screens. And I want to say a thank you to all three of our readers today. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so glad to see all of you on this warm summer day. Come have a seat. Welcome, welcome. And welcome to those of you watching online, especially if you're on vacation and you got up early. <laughs> Come on up. Yeah, we got one more coming. Oh, three more coming. Welcome, welcome. Come on up. So it's summertime. And in the summertime, sometimes we take vacations. We go on trips with people we love. Yeah. And I just got back from a trip to the beach with my husband's family. And so on that trip, staying in our beach house together were my niece and nephew, who are eight years old and five years old, and my mother-in-law, who's in her 80s. 
And we spent all this time together. And when I was on the beach, I got to play games with my niece and nephew and build sandcastles. And we played games at the beach house and we laughed and we acted silly and it was so much fun. And then early in the mornings, if I woke up early enough, I could sit on the deck with my mother-in-law and she had her binoculars and we would just sit there peacefully and she would point out different birds and she knows so much about birds and she really helped me to relax and pay attention to God's beautiful creation. And I was thinking about how different my vacation would have been if there hadn't been my niece and nephew who are children and my mother-in-law who's in her 80s and how much we can learn from each other. No matter what your age is, we all have wisdom we can share with other people. I know you all are young, but you have so much that you teach us, grown-ups. You teach us how to play. You teach us how to be creative and dream and laugh. And we learn from you and are so grateful for you. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you so much that you work through all of your people of every age Help us to be open to learn from each other, young and old and everywhere in between. We thank you for the wisdom you give us through each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Three, four, and five-year-olds can go with Pastor Maggie to Children's Church and, and Emily. Five. Five. You get to go to Children's Church then. Yeah. Great. I know that some of you have been participating in the intergenerational Sunday school class that's been going on during the month of June. I've been able to be down there for two weeks out of the three because one week I was at the beach. And it's been a wonderful experience. It was a dream that came about a few years ago. In 2019, it might have even been 2018, some of our staff members, Brandon, Aaron, Maggie, and Emily, went to a conference on intergenerational ministry, intergenerational faith development. And they came home really excited about it. And they said, in the summer of 2020, we want to do an intergenerational Sunday school class. Well, best laid plans, right? Didn't happen in 2020. And it took a while to get to the place where we were able to do it. But they put such effort and hard work into it. And we experimented, gave it a try this summer in the month of June. And it was such a blessing to sit around a table with someone in his 80s and a young person who was about seven and then a couple of us in our middle ages and talk about the wonder of God's creation, to draw pictures of what we imagine God looked like and to ask questions together and dream and be creative. And there was Play-Doh on the tables and I hadn't played with Play-Doh and I don't know how long. There's a gift that comes to us when we spend time across the generations. And I think the church is one of the only places in our community where we can really develop long-term loving relationships with people of all ages. Studies have shown that those of us who are older benefit a great deal from being around folks who are younger and those who are younger children and youth benefit from having people and adults in their lives who are not their parents. And so I'm grateful for the body of Christ that gives us the opportunity to grow and learn and serve together across the generations. 
This morning, we are in the middle of the wisdom books in the Bible. As we've made our way through the Bible so far this year, we've read the five books of the law, the Torah. Then we've read the histories from Joshua, Judges, Ruth, all the way to Ezra and Nehemiah, all those kings and all of that. And now we're into what are called the writings, these miscellaneous collection of writings. And then next week, we will start the prophets. I'm looking forward to that journey. But these wisdom writings are eclectic and quirky and speak to us from different voices and different points of view. And not too long ago, I came across the idea, and I'm sorry, I don't know who it was. I give someone credit that's not me. But they framed these wisdom writings in a way I'd never thought of before. The Song of Songs, which Kendall read for us, is like the voice of youth. Proverbs seems to come as a voice of middle age, as a parent giving instructions to a child or a teacher giving instructions to a student. And then Ecclesiastes seems to be spoken in the voice of the elder, the one who is looking back on a life lived and gleaning wisdom and offering that wisdom to the younger generations. And so I want to take a few minutes with with each of these texts to think about the wisdom that God imparts to us from every generation. Now, as I said, these voices are unusual and quirky, and they're very human. They are not saints. They're not perfect. But in these writings is some wisdom for all of us who want to follow Christ in our world today. And so let's see what these voices from the past, these voices of these generations, have to teach us. Song of Songs. The Song of Songs really is a love poem. It's about romantic human love on its primary level. It's about a man and a woman who are longing for each other and wanting to be together. There is deep passion and feeling expressed. Arise, my beloved, and come away with me. And there's all this potential. The rains have passed. The sun has come out. The fruit trees are bearing fruit. The grass is green. We have a whole life in front of us. Let's go. There are some who argued back in the day that this book didn't belong in the Bible. Or they argued that it's more of an allegory about God's longing for us. And that is a beautiful way to read the Song of Songs. But even if it is just read as a love poem... I'm glad it's been included in the scriptures because this too is part of life. This kind of relationship and love is part of the gift that God gives to us, that partnership with another person. And we see in this book the eyes of hope, the the potential, that feeling that life is ahead of us and who knows what God will do. And I think we experience that in the voices of the young, that creativity, that possibility, the ability to think outside the box, to ask questions like, what if and why not? To long for a better world and to believe that it's possible. I remember when I was 13 years old, the wonderful Christian songwriter, Ken Miedema. Any of you ever heard Ken Miedema or listened to his music? came to my home church and gave a concert. 
I had to miss the concert because of a family vacation, I think, but someone recorded it and I got a cassette tape of Ken Meadema in concert. And I put it in my tape recorder and I would hit play and put it under my pillow as I went to sleep. And in one of his songs, he had this lyric. Do you dream and weep sometimes about the way the world should be? And there's my 13-year-old self right there because I would dream and I would weep. I would weep in longing that, that the world would be different, that the relationships in my family could be different, that the world itself would be more fair and just and more loving and that people would get along. I, I felt that longing and I believed it was possible and I wept in the hope and longing that it would come true. I need to remember that 13-year-old girl and let her cry from time to time. In 2015, in the congregation I was serving, we were invited as a congregation to consider signing some petitions that were going to general conference in 2016. These were resolutions and petitions to ask the general conference to remove from our book of discipline any language that would prohibit our LGBT church members from being married or being ordained in the church. And in the church at the time, I knew there were folks who had different opinions about things and our church council talked about it and said, you know, we need to have some conversations and see where we are as a church. And so we had this very careful and prayerful process of small group listening sessions and we had members of the church who were wise spiritual leaders who would facilitate these conversations and members of the church council who would listen and take notes. And then we gathered as the church council and all these facilitators and we met for hours in prayer and conversation. And finally, it seemed the consensus emerged that yes, the congregation was in support of these petitions, but there was some hesitancy and there were some folks saying, you know, we do support this, but I just think if we sign the petitions now, it would make some people uncomfortable. And, and then our youth representative to the council 15 years old, said, are we supposed to be comfortable? And the spirit in the room changed. This young person asked this one question, what if, why not? And the consensus was that we would sign these petitions. Sometimes it's the voice of the young with the imagination and the willingness to dream and think outside the box who can lead us. So we come to Proverbs, the voice of middle age. That's me. This stage of life, those of us in our mid-30s, 40s, 50s, this is a tough season of life for many of us. It's a wonderful season of life, but it comes with its challenges. I remember reading a study not too long ago that said that people in their 40s and 50s are at their lowest point of satisfaction in life, and then it starts to get better in your 60s. And I have friends who are in their 60s and 70s saying, oh yeah, just wait. 
But in these years right now, if, if you're a parent and you're raising children or if you're in a job that you're at a point now where your responsibilities have increased, you're managing people, you're managing money, you have responsibilities and decisions to make, and if you're like me, you still feel like you don't know anything, and yet you have all these plates spinning in the air. If you're taking care of aging parents, there is so much responsibility that comes in this season of life. And I know, especially those of you who are parents, this is a hard season of life. With the pandemic and, and the gun violence in our communities and all of these things that feel like constant threats and we're anxious and we're worried and we want to pass down to our children the wisdom we have gained from our faith, guidelines that will help them because what we really want for our children is that they'll be happy and whole and healthy, that they'll thrive. I understand that longing, and those of you who are feeling all of that right now, I see you, and I know. And this book of Proverbs is, I've shared this with you before, but Will Willimon describes it as sitting in the car for 10 hours with your mother. It's just advice after advice, and that's what we want to do. It's just, we want to do this, don't do this, do this, don't do that. And whether you have children or not, whether you are a school teacher or Sunday school teacher, you work with younger people, you want to impart the wisdom you've gained from the mistakes you've made, the successes you've had. And the best we can do is offer it. And then the voice in Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord. If you're like me, you get into this illusion that I've got to do all of this. I've got to keep all these plates spinning. I've got to figure out how to do all of these things. But the voice of Proverbs says, no, you don't. You are a limited human being. You cannot do it all. And if you try to do it all, you will burn out. Trust in the Lord. Lean on God. Walk with God every step of the journey. Find time to pray. Find time to rest. I know it's hard in this middle season of life. But what the world needs most from us, what our children need most from us, what our community of faith needs most from us is for us to be our absolute best selves. And we cannot do that without God. As Jesus said to the disciples in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. So the invitation from Proverbs is even in the busiest season of your life to lean on God and put your trust in God and not in your own talents and skills and abilities. How are we learning to lean? And then we come to the voice of Ecclesiastes, the voice of the elder. Now, if you've read the book of Ecclesiastes, whoever is speaking in this book is, is not necessarily the best example. He seems a little cynical. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Eh, it's all meaningless. I've looked for all of these ways to put meaning in my life, and it's all just chasing after the wind. So there's some of that. But there's also another message in Ecclesiastes. It's funny, this text that James read is one that was read in our wedding, mine and David's wedding, 24 years ago tomorrow. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> Our anniversary is tomorrow. He didn't find out late until later that I took out the word vain all the way, all the days of your vain life. I just thought, let's not put that. <laughs> he was mad at me because he loves Ecclesiastes. He loves the whole thing. But what I hear in this text, what rings out to me is God has long ago approved what you do. Now, I take a little issue with that. I don't, I don't think in my own theology that God necessarily is happy with every decision that I make. And I don't think everything I do is aligned with who God wants me to be. But I do believe that God has long ago approved of who you are and who I am. We don't have to spend our lives chasing after the wind to try and get God's love and approval or anybody else's for that matter. God has long ago approved of you, says the voice from Ecclesiastes. So all of these things that you're striving after, all of this effort you're going through to try and make yourself happy or make other people happy or whatever it is, let it go. If you can accept that you are accepted, if you can believe that God approves of you and delights in you and always has, then that can give us the freedom to live life and be grateful for whatever is life. So go, says the Ecclesiastes teacher. Eat your bread and drink your wine with a merry heart. Enjoy life with the spouse whom you love all the days of your vain life. <laughs> See, David, I said it. All your life, just enjoy the life that's been given you. Live out of gratitude and recognize that God is the source of your happiness. And continue to learn to lean on God because whatever stage of the journey you're on, the Holy Spirit accompanies you. You don't have to do it on your own and out of your own talents. You have God with you every step of the way. And you have companions on the journey. All of us are learning, learning to lean, learning to lean.
As we respond to these words of wisdom this morning, I ask you to stand as we say together the affirmation of faith that can be found in your hymnals on page 883. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we come to our time of prayer, I invite you to lift up both your silent and spoken prayers. If you'd like to share them with the pastoral time to be prayed for throughout the week, um, please online. You can fill out the contact us uh, portion of the website, or if you're here in service, there are gray cards in the pews, pew racks in front of you. You can place those in the offering plates as they are passed. I want to point your attention to the prayer list in the bulletin insert today. Please keep these names and situations in your heart throughout the week, praying for the realization of God's presence in each situation. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Lord, we sit today reflecting upon the wisdom you offer us through your scriptures. Oftentimes they are uplifting and encouraging and give us counsel that makes the path clear for us. And other times it causes us to scratch our heads and spend time discerning how you are working in the world. In both ways, we give thanks for your promise to be with us and guide us. The path may not always be prominent or straightforward, but you offer yourself to us regardless of what life brings. You breathe the breath of life into us that allows us to experience you in a special way, and you created us with a mind that helps us to consider those moments and how they guide our everyday lives. The beauty of that is not lost on us today as we worship you. As our hearts are turned to you this morning, we ask for your wisdom to work in us and be evident in the way we live and speak. Let your love shine through us and offer the world a glimpse of the eternity you offer, a glimpse of becoming the people you created us to be, a glimpse of the beloved community that you desire for all people. We know there is wisdom in knowing we don't go through this life alone. And it's in that knowing that we come before you today to offer our hearts and our lives. Each day presents its own hardships and its own joys. And it's in sharing those with you this morning that we trust in your promises to be present with us. We trust that your spirit speaks to our hearts, comforting and guiding us as we lift those up to you. God, we give thanks for these moments in time where we sense your presence embracing us, 
and causing our hearts to grow. Thank you for the many ways that you do that in our lives, for we know that you are constantly offering yourself to us. Thank you for that never-ending grace. And it's in the spirit of that love that we boldly pray together as one body the words you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now gather our gifts together and offer them to God in gratitude and praise. Those worshiping online are invited to give via the options listed on the screen. While here in the sanctuary, we will pass the offering plates down the rows. May we give with joy to the God who's been so generous with us.
We're so excited to welcome into membership uh, today um, three individuals at our early service here, one, and then two more um, at our 11 o'clock service. <laughs> today, Molly Lentz will be joining us here. Molly uh, comes to us from Conway, Arkansas. Um, she is the community outreach coordinator for the Nashville Diaper Connection. She has already jumped headlong into life here at the church. She was a small group leader with VBS last week, and uh, we had a lot of fun, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> it was really great. So we're thankful that you have made this community your home, and we give thanks for all that you are and how God will continue to work in you through this place here. Molly, we desire, with your desire to become a member of this family, we ask you this question. As a member of the body of Christ in this congregation, called to be the loving light of Christ in the world, will you faithfully serve Christ in this place through your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, say, I will. And to those of us gathered here, please, in body and spirit, please rise and join with me in welcoming our newest member with the words found in your bulletin or on your screen if you're online with us. Family of God, Molly is now entrusted to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase her faith, confirm her hope, and perfect her in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant to participate fully in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. At the end of the service, I invite you to join uh, Molly and I out these side doors. Please greet her this morning and welcome her into our family. And now may the God of all grace strengthen you by the connecting and transforming power of the Holy Spirit that together we may be the loving light of Christ in the world.
final benediction, I have a correction. I was misinformed. Next Sunday, we will have children's church. So we want all of you parents to know there will be children's church during worship next week. We welcome all of you to come back to worship and praise God once again. But as we go forth, let me lift up these words that we have just sung. Fears and doubts too long have bound us. Lord, free our hearts to work and praise and grant us wisdom. Amen. Amen.